What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. This is episode four of the Roarcast. Uh, I'm Mike Walski, joined by Megan Rojas, Kyle Matrician. Guys, welcome back. Good to talk to you again. Mike, yes. good to see you. Good to see Ro. Uh, everybody's still doing well. The Roarcast into uh, week three now, episode four, but week three. Yeah, we got a great interview coming up with Gianna Vierheller from Fencing who uh, won, the women's team won their third consecutive Ivy League championship and were poised to try to go for another national title before NCAA championships were canceled. So we're just kind of closing the book on the winter season before we start bringing in some spring student athletes and some other guests coming up here. But uh, we had a really good conversation with Gigi and uh, I think you're going to find it really interesting. Guys, I have some news uh, before we get to Gigi's interview. I finally started watching Tiger King. Wow. Yes. Yes. yes i am uh five episodes in uh my wife and i i feel like my wife's like a invisible celebrity on this podcast because i bring her <laughs> up every episode um started watching tiger king uh haven't i've got two episodes left um i have a question because have you guys watched the whole thing through yeah <laughs> sure have what's your you question have? kyle <laughs> yep um did you feel yourself like being on like so you got like your three main characters here like carol baskin joe exotic and doc yeah South carolina did you feel yourself like being on like somebody's team for like a little while you're like well if i had to pick somebody i'm gonna go with this i would be on this person's team and then like as the episode like as the series continues you're like i just don't feel like i can be on anybody's team here I mean, yeah, I think that Netflix did such an interesting job because in the beginning, you're like, oh, that one's crazy. And then you, the next episode, you're like, oh, no, now Carol's the crazy one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Doc, yeah. oh, Doc's got that thing going on. Yeah. 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 You like, like can't justify him. yourself being. No. No, no, no. I think they did an awesome job. My mom called me the other day literally just to talk about Tiger King. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's That's like, right. you think she did it? I'm like, I don't. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I want to make any accusations on this um, podcast, but no. it's, 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 uh, so Mike, have you, you haven't watched it at all? No, I haven't watched it. I'm still catching up on other stuff. It's, you know, I'll get there. I will. I don't want to put any spoilers out. But there. I've seen like they're going to no. be like spinoffs, right? Like Discovery ID or whatever. They're going to be. Know. I don't know if you can have like, a spinoff. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Uh, yeah. There's going to be more. This isn't going to be the end of this. No, they have a new, they said they're coming out with a new episode, right? Didn't, are they adding an episode or something? I saw this. Yeah, they're they're doing like another episode, but Kate McKinnon, who is a Columbia alum, is going to be Carol Baskin in a series or a movie version of this. Oh. Yeah. I saw it on the... That plays out. Columbia Magazine said something about that, I think, oh. a couple of weeks ago. Wow. Kate McKinnon, very funny. Yeah, very she's funny. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, Mike, what have you been watching? Uh, like I said, we, we've been catching up on Schitt's Creek. We were, uh, we're a season behind right now. So we've got a few episodes in season five and then we've got to catch up on all of last season. I know the finale aired on Tuesday. Um, you know, I've we finished up modern family last night. We were tape recording this on Thursday of yeah, Thursday, April 9th. So the, the finale of that show kind of passes prime a few years ago, but it's one of those things like you ever watch a show where you have so much time invested, you just kind of have to finish it out. Like, no matter like if you're not enjoying it, like yes. where we were with fa modern family. So we watched I like, that. I feel like that's where I am with better call. Saul. like, I have to catch up on it. 
I have no idea what that is. It's a spinoff. It's, of, it's a uh, prequel uh, of Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. Yep. Yeah. Better Call Saul has been, I've enjoyed Better Call Saul. Like, I just think you haven't watched the last episode. Last episode dragged on. I haven't on. watched the last season. I haven't okay. watched, I'm like a whole season behind. I'm not going to spoil anything because it's a prequel. You know how, you know ultimately who lives and dies and all this stuff. So like this last episode, you, it was just like a lot of nothing going on. And that's kind of like. I feel like that's been the whole series. That's like Vince Gilligan's kind of MO a little bit, even if you watch El Camino or like, you know, the Breaking Bad movie that just came out on Netflix. Um, but like you just, it didn't need to be a whole episode of this one thing. Like you kind of jumped to the chase a little bit. That's all I'm saying. I've enjoyed Better Call Saul. I think it's been really good, but, um, and it's getting like Kyle, when you catch up with the season, you're going to, you're getting closer to where you need to be. Like there's a lot of, there's, Dots unanswered still, questions. Yeah, right now. There's still stuff going on. If there are any Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul people out there? They're super interested in. This. <laughs> yeah. DM I Kyle. Have, I have a high school friend that is. It is DM me at Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> I have a high school friend who's binging Breaking Bad right now, and he's like watching every episode through, and he is not going to be the same after doing that. Like that show is intense. Um, like, <laughs> it's very, very intense. Uh, Ro, uh, before yeah. we move on to our interview, I just want to bring up. Uh, what happened right before we started recording? Can you enlighten our viewers? I am looking out my window and it's raining where I'm at. And my, <laughs> the basketball hoop that I had just freshly put together last week flew up into the air and then landed <laughs> on its side. And I wish I was recording because I was gasping. You were. The, you were. I did like my a. <gasps> <laughs> I just like couldn't do anything from inside to like prevent anything. So watch it go um, down. It just kind of like hovered for a second, and then just kind of crashed. I'm sure it's fine, but well, you know, give us a, give us an update next week on how the basketball hoop's doing. I I should have updated you as I was trying to put this together, but yeah, it'll be all right. It looks fine. It's kind of on side. <laughs> Uh, getting back into Columbia news, Kyle, do you want to talk about the new feature we just launched on GoColumbiaLines.com this week? Sure. Uh, Healthcare Heroes is our new feature on GoColumbiaLines.com. Uh, once a week, we will be featuring um, healthcare heroes, so doctors, healthcare workers that are uh, Columbia alumni uh, who are currently out there in the field helping battle uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. Our first healthcare hero that we had up on our website is Anne Marsh Senek. I hope I said her last name right. Anne Marsh Senek, uh, 94cc. She was an Olympian fencer, and she, Three is, times. she is on the front lines of the coronavirus uh, pandemic as an MD for emergency independent physicians outside of Detroit, Michigan. So uh, that got a really good response on social media. Uh, we know a lot of people are interested in our healthcare workers right now, our alumni all over the country, all over the world that are helping battle this pandemic. And I believe this is something we're going to do every Wednesday, not 100% set in stone on a day of the week. But I think moving forward, we're going to have um, multiple healthcare workers that we feature every Wednesday on our website. So we'll bring up who they are on a weekly basis on this podcast and ask you to go to our website and our social media channels to see how all of our alumni working in the healthcare field are doing. Yeah, I mean, 
the number of former student athletes that are actually in the medical field is astounding. I think, you know, our development team um, put together a list of over 500 people, which is just, I mean, not surprising considering the reach that Columbia has, but still that's a, that's a huge number. So um, if you are listening and you haven't, uh, you know, I know our athletics director, Peter Billing, who was a guest on episode one, sent an email to as many of those folks as he could. Um, but if you're in that field and you know, you want to get involved in that and you're listening, feel free to uh, reach out to us um, either on social media or Carol Holt's Claw, um, Cause we're looking to compile as many of these stories as we, put, we can do to feature all these brave people right now. It's not, it's not, can't be easy going through what they're going no. through. I love this, that we're doing this as Columbia, but I also love the 7 p.m. cheer in New York City. Yeah, that's every Every 7 o'clock, I call my friends that are still there, and I, like, scream into the phone on FaceTime. (laughs) And you can hear hear the cheers from their phones. Like, it's a group thing, and it's loud. It is loud. One of them lives in Harlem, and then one of them lives in the Upper West Side, and you can hear it every 7 o'clock. It's like... Does she live near a hospital, like where they could see them coming out? Or do people just do it that aren't near hospitals? People are just doing it that are not near hospitals. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, And you can hear it. Maybe I'll record it next time for the the pod. (laughs) Maybe. I feel like I should get a bell and start it in my neighborhood here. You should. Some neighborhoods are doing it, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. That's awesome. Coming up next... Gianna Vierheller from Columbia Fencing. So uh, we'll be right back after a couple words. So stick around. Make a brilliant move to Vanderwater, luxury condominium residences in Morningside Heists. Discover an elevated approach to city living, a modern homage to old world elegance, breathtaking views of the Hudson River, Columbia University, and Riverside Church. Visit thevandawater.com today for more information. That's T-H-E-V-A-N-D-E-W-A-T-E-R.com. JAG-1 Physical Therapy is a proud partner of the Columbia Alliance. With state-of-the-art rehabilitation equipment and facilities, allow us to develop a specific plan catered to each patient. The JAG-1 team proudly serves the tri-state area with facilities throughout Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, Westchester, Long Island, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. We're here for you. Get back the life you love. Visit www.jag1pt.com. That's J-A-G-O-N-E-P-T.com for more information. All right, we are back, joined on the Zoom slash Ring Central hotline with uh, wow, Gianna nice. Heller. PG, <laughs> thanks for coming on today, joining us from Pittsburgh, PA. Woohoo, yeah, thanks for having me. So, you know, I guess we'll get started. Uh, another great season for the women's fencing team. Unfortunately, didn't get to a chance to defend the national title this year, but uh, <laughs> just kind of start by giving us uh, a recap of, of how you think the season went for you individually and, and for the team uh, after winning the third straight women's championship. Is that right? Third straight? For Ivy League? For Ivy, yeah. yeah. For Ivy League. Yeah, third straight. Third straight. So walk us through that a little bit to get, to get things started. Sure. I guess uh, starting on an individual sense, my, my junior year was pretty rough. Um, a lot of my college career in both my freshman and sophomore years was filled with competing both 
at Columbia and then also on like the US national and international circuit. So once I aged out of my under 20 age group, it's called juniors. So that transition from juniors to seniors is really hard. And my junior year in college was when that happened. So it definitely took a toll on my college fencing. Everything was up and down and it was pretty rough. So this season was me trying to, you know, ground myself, come back from that and had some ups and downs in the beginning of season, came in second at one tournament and then totally bombed the next tournament. But from there it was pretty good coming on up. Um, fenced well at some meets, even through uh, a shoulder injury, fenced well at Ivy's to help us get the women's title. And then regionals went very well, surprisingly, after we have a tough, like a tough regionals format for fencing. You fence basically three to four rounds and each round gets harder than the last. And I almost just didn't even make it out of the second round and then pulled through the third round and fenced really well during it. So I was very excited to qualify for NCAAs, but we all know how, how that is going up till this point. So that's kind of me individually. And then as a team, I think the women's team pulled through really well too. We've lost a lot of people over the past couple of years or the past couple, I don't know, months, past year, I should say, just we've had people taking time off to train for the Olympics, taking time off of school, just, you know, for their mental health or physical health. And so our women's team was pretty small this year, but even given how small we were, We've had a great seasonal record. We, again, won women's uh, IVs. We qualified a full six fencers for NCAAs this year. So women definitely doing pretty well. Men as well, too. So, Talk about winning a national championship as a junior. I mean, how cool of an experience was that? It was pretty insane. I came in as a freshman after the fencing team had won two in a row. So my freshman year, the pressure was on for us to try to do a three-peat and you know, I think at the end of the day, we kind of expected it was going to be hard to pull off. And sophomore, my sophomore year, we, that year I actually competed at NCAAs and it was, we were so close. It was so heart wrenching to lose in such a close battle for the title that year. And so by our junior, my junior year, we were all super, super hungry for a title. It had been two to three years since we'd last won one and we wanted it more than anything. And so I didn't end up fencing that year, but we, I came in to help coach and even just to be down on the floor and to experience the energy and to see it kind of happen play by play and realize as the bout count went up that we were closer and closer to winning a national title was, it was just unreal. And I remember too, we were on the floor and I think it was Ann Sabula who she's a, another senior women's FAS on the team. And I think she was like our clinching bout that make just basically helped us win the title. That was it. And as soon as she won that bout, we had this whole thing this that season where anytime something good would happen, anytime we wanted to bond as a team, we would all <laughs> just loudly and obnoxiously sing, take me home country roads. Don't know why. It just became our I've thing. I've seen this on video. I've seen it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I think it started from a karaoke session. Not totally sure, but the minute she won that bout, the whole arena our little group of lions up in the crowd started singing loudly and obnoxiously take me home country roads and everyone started crying and it was just wonderful and everybody thought columbia um, university was in west virginia at that point talk about the uh because fencing is so interesting to me with the olympic and international component uh because it's, I feel like it it just weighs so heavily, much more so than in a lot of other collegiate sports. 
So talk about the decision process for collegiate athletes and yourself included, like choosing, you know, during Olympic years, I know this happens with fencers to take the year off to train for the Olympics, uh, which obviously, you know, the 2020 Olympics has never been moved to 2021. So I'm sure that's going to mess with some people's schedules, but just talk about that whole decision process for people that are listening to this podcast that don't really quite understand it. Yeah, the fencing world is definitely weird. There is really no such thing as a professional fencer. I mean, you have it in the NCAA sense of like, oh, if you get a sponsorship, you're technically a professional, but there's, you know, there's no professional league. It's hard to make a steady income solely based off of fencing. It kind of has to be what you do on the side related to fencing. So for us, when you get to college, it's not like, oh, college is the next stage. And then afterwards you go into professional or Olympic. It all just kind of overlaps. And especially on your road to being recruited as a college fencer, you kind of have to keep doing all of these national tournaments. Your goal is to do a bunch of international tournaments so that, so that at the end of the day, you're one of the four people that makes the world team, which is the team of four people that goes to world championships every year. They do it on the under 17 level. They do it on the under 20 level. And then you have it on the senior, which is the Olympic level. And so I think personally, we're all, a lot of us are so conditioned to doing that circuit before we come into college that by the time we get here, it's kind of second nature, like, oh, I've been doing this for so long. Why am I going to stop now? So it becomes a really big overlap. And for most people that under 20 circuit falls on your freshman and your sophomore years in college. So your first two are definitely really, you know, really intensive. And it's a big balancing act trying to do both you know, your collegiate tournaments and then your national tournaments and then your international tournaments. And it's, it's, it's a lot. And so, like I was saying before, you end up transitioning out of juniors into seniors, which is kind of scary because you're going from such a small niche age group to this big pool of contenders, all fighting for four world championship spots on the senior team, which eventually turn into Olympic spots. And so, especially for you know, in juniors, you have maybe five national competitions a year and maybe three to four, or I should say four to five international tournaments. And it's a lot, but it's, you can balance it with your collegiate fencing. But once you get into seniors, and if you're trying to make a senior team, you now have to do maybe only three national tournaments, but they recently the International Fencing Federation changed our schedule so that now starting in January, you have a World Cup every two weeks. And I believe there's, I could be totally off here, but I think there's upwards of like eight to 10 of them. So basically from January to May, you're just like every other week, you're traveling to a different place. And it's not like they help you out and they say, okay, it's going to go Italy and then Spain and then wherever. It could be like Italy one week and then Doha another week. And then you go to Cuba the next week and then you're back in the States and then you're going to China. It's so spread out and so crazy. And it's a huge time commitment. And I ended up not wanting to pursue that myself, but some of my teammates, um, uh, Nora Burke, for example, she is a sophomore currently and she decided to take time off to train for the Olympics because she's been so close so that she could kind of devote more time to focusing on the World Cups and focusing on her training so that it wasn't as intense of a struggle trying to balance the two because it's a lot. I've known people that have done it. Iman Blow, she graduated last year. She's, you know, she was fully balancing the senior circuit with her work. Sylvie Bender, she also has been trying to balance school and fencing 
in college with fencing internationally and it's it's I give them a lot of credit for trying to do it but it's intense it's a, it's a lot Whoa. what's what's uh one of the coolest places that you've traveled in your like international experience because like, you talked about going to all these different places and I'm like looking at your bio right here seeing some of the places that you fenced I mean <laughs> what's what's uh what's like one of the coolest locations that you've gone to uh in this and and if you can give us a reason why uh, I I mean in fencing I find it very rare to go to like a big name city if that makes sense like you have maybe men's foil going to a Paris World Cup, but for us, we're going to these like tiny towns that you never heard of. When I was uh, a cadet still under 17, we would have a tournament in Klagenfurt, Austria, which nobody's ever heard nice. of. Nice. No, <laughs> no. Yeah, very weird places. Um, I think the coolest one I've been to was probably getting to go to Havana in Cuba, just because that's such a unique experience and something that wasn't available until until that moment and just being able to not only compete there but to just kind of get to see everything that was around me was awesome I would say probably a second second place there was we've had so many tournaments in this place called Plovdiv in Bulgaria which again doesn't sound that exciting but but it's <laughs> just getting to go to these crazy little towns in the middle of nowhere is so cool and they always host great tournaments and yeah it's cool to see yeah, you get to experience all these different cultures, I'm sure. And yeah. I don't know, for me, I would enjoy the food at all these different places. I don't know about anybody else. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's the best part. <laughs> We've had a couple training camps, too, for, uh, for the U.S., like in France, and they'll specifically put them in Bordeaux or something so you can get, you know, just happen to get great food and great views and a great city all in one, you know, just coincidentally. <laughs> so it's cool. All right, guys. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back after this. Clean Eats Meal Prep are proud sponsors of the Columbia Lions. Clean Eats has a wide variety of meals from the basics, low carb, gluten free, and even kids options. The process is simple. Place your orders for the week and Clean Eats delivers right to your doorstep. Nutrition, convenience, and results equal the Clean Eats experience. Visit www.cleaneatsmealprep.com to try us today. We all know what comes with being a fan, the ups, the downs, and everything in between. Share a Coke with a friend. Coca-Cola, the official beverage of the Columbia Lions. How do you guys, with everybody kind of balancing international, national competitions and collegiate, how do you guys schedule practices and how does that go into scheduling like your regular season and NCAA meets and everything like that? It's really different. I think for us, I mean, in terms of meets, Michael is pretty good. He just has his one rule of, I only need you for Ivy League or Ivy League championships, NCAA regionals, and then NCAA championships. Those are the only three that you absolutely have to be at. And otherwise, if there's a conflict between a World Cup and like a St. John Super Meet Cup, you can go to the World Cup. So he's, he's definitely willing to bargain and reason it out with you. Um, but in terms of practices, we're a little bit different than other Div 1 schools, too. Other Div 1 schools are definitely more regimented, like you're training five days a week in our gym at 8 a.m., and then everybody goes to team lift afterwards. And Mike has, Mike has always been a type of, like, you do what's best for your training type of guy. There is, um, you know, some schools, like, say, Notre Dame, they're in the middle of nowhere, so they need to have 
all of their practices in their gym together at all times. But for us, we're in the middle of New York. So you have a ton of amazing fencing clubs all within the city and people are going, especially between different weapons, they're not all going to the same one. So for us with practicing, it's really only two fencing practices at Columbia as a team together. And then you're expected to go off campus and train at these clubs however many times a week to get what you need. Um, for most sports, lift is mandatory, but for us it's optional. So there's a small group of us that'll do, you know, strength and conditioning. Other people do it off campus. It's very much a flexible, customize your own training approach, which I think definitely works considering people's schedules are all over the place. Yeah. I think I've, I've been the fencing contact on and off throughout my tenure at Columbia. <laughs> and I think one of the most interesting things is how you guys kind of, so the best way to relay it, I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is it's like you guys are on a team. If you're a baseball team, for example, and you all had different hitting coaches and you're all doing different things and a different approach at the plate, but somehow you still are able to come together and you know, it's, it is an individual sport, but there's team aspect to it and everything like that. But mm -hmm. you guys, I, I correct me if I'm wrong again, you can <laughs> almost like learn each other's cues from their individual coaches so you can help them when you're not fencing. So like uh, the same word could mean two different things to do to different fencers. Is that kind of along the same lines? Of what, of what I'm, does that make sense? Yeah, no, that's totally right. I mean, for us, like you said, fencing is not, by nature, it's an individual sport before it's a team sport. We're not used to always, you're kind of put into special situations where you're working together, but for the most part, you're by yourself with your coaches. So with us and with college fencing and with Columbia, it is like, we'll have meetings before almost every tournament saying, okay, tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what makes sense. Tell me what you don't want to hear because you have to be really in tune with your teammates. And like you said, give them the keys that they need because for one person, it can mean something. And for others, it means something else. We had a guy on the team who graduated last year who, you know, some people like to hear their names when they're fencing, like, yeah, Gigi, let's go. You're doing great. But if we said his name, he, it was like the end of the world. <laughs> and, uh, Huh. Yeah, because he would get distracted and think that somebody was yelling at him or they wanted his attention. So in the middle of an action, if he said, go Alex, he'd be like, what? what? <laughs> so, totally, totally depends on each person. Michael this year was my office. He, his office moved from downstairs to next door to mine. And I learned a lot from him this year. He would come in and like ask us questions about how we would do stuff. I think he gave us like a team PowerPoint once. Oh um, my God. So last year, yeah, yeah, <laughs> he'll come in and just like pick my brain, like amazing. I love having him up there. He's become like my favorite person to talk Aww. to in our suite. He, I love that. Um, when you guys won it last year, though, he did put the um, trophy on Danette's desk <laughs> for Aww. I felt like two weeks. It was just like sitting there right in front of our faces for a while. Oh no, it was pretty funny. Uh, that's yeah, that's very Mike, very Mike for you. <laughs> He's so awesome. But last year we did, were you there when our team came in and did a, um, like a the tutorial session? Yeah. Yeah. I was there helping, helping as a, a coach yeah. that day. I mean, that was, I've never well, seen. Bring it, bring it up a little bit more. I mean, cause there are people that probably don't know what you're talking about here. Oh, it's yeah. great. It was, um, <laughs> I've never seen a group of like athletic humans do something <laughs> that is so out of their area i think <laughs> i end up being okay and riley maybe oh andrea uh, mccormick was pretty good but we I brought it was pretty good 
Jay was pretty good. Yeah. We brought our team down. Mike, um, Michael had been like dying to do, with, do this with us like all year. And he had a practice session with our team and the fencers and he didn't really do much. He introed it and then let the kids or student athletes take it away. And our, our players like <laughs> learned how to do the moves and it was, they start off with hand coordination. So you throw the glove and like catch it or something. And then they got the weapons and it was pretty, pretty intense, but it was a good <laughs> laugh. I'm not gonna lie. We were like dying laughing. It was fun. They got super competitive too. Yeah. Oh, Trying yeah. to learn. And I can see hundred percent. Yeah. We were matched up against each other. I think, I don't think anyone challenged an actual fencer, but it was, <laughs> it was definitely competitive. It was interesting. I mean, is there any reciprocation in the plans here for the basketball team to give the fencing team some basketball? Uh, I think we, I think we offered it. I don't know how far that went. <laughs> I mean, I, we were pestering him all year saying like, so when is it our turn? When are we going to get to try basketball? Uh, we'll have to set it up. Please. Yeah, I love Mike, but he's so paranoid about injuries too. His, that, yeah. We mess with him too, just because he's always like, no injuries, no injuries. So I think maybe that part of him <laughs> won out a little. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, it's, we, can, we can do low impact, like a low impact session. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it would be fine, but I think – Honestly, some of us are uncoordinated enough to be tripping over ourselves, bumping into each other. It was very interesting. I think I would be interested to watch a full what you guys do for a real practice. I think our girls got a lot out of it in terms of it's like such a precision thing. Like you you have it or you don't have it. So it was very different from basketball where I think you can kind of like make your own, mm -hmm. I don't know, training regimen and stuff like that. But that's cool. I mean, I would like love to see Kyle and Mike go at it for a little bit. <laughs> be heated. I would love there is blood, unfortunately. Sometimes which we've seen we've heard about way too many times already the last two years, I think. <laughs> oh god, yeah. yeah. Especially after this season. That yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, last year sure last year at a home meet, I think it was one of the visiting fencers. It oh, yeah. went through the armor and it was, it was, I mean, it wasn't anything major that he ended up being okay, but it was not like when you just hear that, it's just very jarring. Yeah. And, it was freaky. It was, especially standing next to the strip too. You don't see it happen, but we looked yeah. over and then, I don't know. I don't want to get too graphic on the podcast. Have you experienced like a fencing injury like that before? I mean, personally, I've been lucky that most of mine have just been bad scrapes or bruises. There was once when I was literally 12, I was fencing at a competition and I lifted my head and my mask kind of went up with me and some girl lunged right here. And I had this like, it, nothing was cut, but it was like this big your neck. Wow. across my neck. Yeah. That looked as a 12 year old that looked pretty crazy. I wanted to ask you real quick, how did, I wanted to ask you how you got into fencing, how old you were, and kind of who inspired you to become a fencer. Yeah. I wish I had a better story in terms of inspiration. It was more, it was when I was about eight years old, and I went through a big growth spurt. So I was doing dance classes, and I went from looking really cute to really uncoordinated and awkward. And my mom kind of said, hmm, maybe it's time to pull you out of these dance classes. So <laughs> it was, it was a... Uh, me looking through a rec center brochure trying to find a cool sport to do and so 
I was looking and I saw soccer and I was like, oh, soccer, that could be cool. But then I saw fencing. I was like, oh, mom, I want to try fencing. And she kind of looked at me like, fencing? I don't want to do fencing. What's wrong with you? And I remember telling my grandma and she was like, why the heck would you do fencing? That's a boy sport. You don't want to do that. That's such a good but, grandma impression right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we started at the rec center program and then from there joined a fencing club in Pittsburgh and then it just kind of took off. Nice. Before we let you go, before we let you go, you're a senior. So I want to ask you, uh, and you can let everybody know uh, what your major is and kind of what your plans are after graduation. So I'm a senior and I'm in C's and I'm mechanical engineering. Currently, and fingers crossed this stays the plan, I have a job out outside of Boston uh, lined up that I would be working in automation of semiconductor products and life sciences. Again, hoping that this is yeah. with everything that's going on. Uh, yeah. that remains up life. in the air. Yeah. 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 So we'll see. Any plans to try and continue fencing, even though you got the job lined up or are you going straight into like the career mode? I don't know. I have to wonder if my answer would be any different if we had a national championships and see how that went and, you know, let that be the last chapter of my fencing career. But right now that things definitely feel a little unfinished. So I don't think I'm quite done yet, but we'll see what form that takes. And last question is, what have you been doing to kind of occupy your time besides schoolwork and things like that while you've been home and uh, everything's kind of shut down? Uh, a whole mix of things. I'm the type of person that'll start a project and never finish it. So sometimes it's cooking, sometimes it's puzzles. I've been going through a lot of old family photos, which is really nice to kind of, you know, feel like you're spending time with family when you're not able to see them. Just a whole lot going on walks trying to do the body weight lifts that Allison has uploaded and then crying because I can't do the body weight lifts because they're a little hard. <laughs> but yeah. All right, Gigi. Well, we really appreciate you coming on and sharing your stories with us. Uh, this uh, was I actually, I actually oh. one, one thing. <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't even know this was going to occur right now. <laughs> I just have a quick Gianna, question. Gianna, you're going to become familiar with this segment, but this is Ro's segment called Ro Just Thought of Something. Yeah. Oh, okay, here we go. Here we go. It's not trending on anything, but it it's might be. Not yet. It <laughs> might be by the time this podcast goes up. Can you just tell us the, what are the weapons called? It's a question okay. and, and I have a follow-up. Okay. Yeah. So there's three different weapons. The weapon I fence is Epe. That's like the heaviest blade with the kind of, you know, most covering bell guard that protects your knuckles. Basically, you can, you have to hit, you can't hit with the side of your blade, you have to like push the tip, get a touch, and you can hit anywhere on the body. And then there's foil. Foil is where you have that silver electric vest that only covers your torso. And again, you can't hit with the side of the blade, you have to hit with the point, get a, you know, point, tip goes in, point goes off. Right. And then the last one is saber, which you're wearing that silver electric vest and electric mask from the waist up. And that one you hit with the side of your blade and you slash people instead of stabbing them. It's all so much. Did you have any? It's <laughs> <laughs> so interesting. Follow-up question. I'll hang Follow up. Follow-up question. When you were learning to fence or even now, and you were like watching TV and you saw maybe like a sword fight or like a martial arts 
samurai movie were you like they're doing it wrong <laughs> oh oh you mean since i've started fencing yeah oh yeah i okay yeah i have to say it's pretty oh. painful sometimes like it's very rare that they show fencing the way it should be done and there's a difference between like like if you're watching like pirates or even lightsaber <laughs> battles that's that's its own thing there's actually a whole branch of fencing called like historical fencing they call mm. it sport fencers and that's like their territory so i can't speak to whether or not they're doing it right but so we can put pirates in star wars in that category yeah that gets its own little bubble but the fencing bubble i feel like every tv show once in its run will have that one token fencing episode and every mm -hmm. time it's so painful i see people using like a saber mask with an epee jacket and a foil blade and it doesn't make sense and instead of hiring it's all wrong that, it's all wrong yeah instead of hiring somebody that knows how to fence they'll get some kid that just kind of like swooshes his blade around like he's in star wars <laughs> and they like don't even use the sounds of blades hitting each other they use like sound bites of medieval swords hitting each other so some are better than others but most of the time it's not very good did Lindsay lohan do it right in the parent trap she did it cooler than i could ever do. <laughs> I, I still don't know what they're wearing. Outside. I've never fallen into a bucket while I'm fencing so, or a horse trough or water. You know. Okay, really, this is actually my last question because I just thought of. So Michael's whole thing is like one touch, right? That's his his mm -hmm. motto, or right? That's like his thing, motto. Yeah, one minute, one touch. One minute, one touch is. Have you ever had a moment where you've had like one touch to win it and you have an amazing reaction slash like fist pump, rip your stuff off celebration? Oh, yeah. yeah, definitely when you're competing just on any level, if it's a one touch situation, especially in college fencing in, you know, in no normal national, international, just non-collegiate competing, you're going up to 15 touches. So it's a long bout, but in college you only have up to five. So it's short, it's really intense, and every touch really matters. So there's so many times where the score is 4-4 four, four, and you get that fifth touch and you just go nuts. And even like when you're Love fencing it. individually, you can scream, but with your teammates there, you're just hyping each other up, you're screaming in your faces, you're like grabbing your teammates by the faces and by the shoulders <laughs> in their face for no reason. So yeah, definitely, definitely had a lot of those. I love Columbia fencing culture, it's awesome. <laughs> like watching Michael's videos of you guys celebrating is like the coolest thing. I want, I want to be there. Celebrating <laughs> White, so I guess, fun. sorry. It's we keep so saying, awesome. We keep saying one last thing, but now I have to bring something up. No, that's okay. You know, is there a whole like training into the screen that goes with getting a point or winning a bout? You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. some people are pretty intense with the yell. They are pretty, honestly, I can get, we all can get pretty intense. It I definitely love it. depends on the moment. Yeah, I don't know. I would say, you know, sometimes in practice, we're doing it just to be super obnoxious. Like it could be something that doesn't matter at all. And we just want to be super annoying and get in people's faces that day. So we'll scream, we'll do, I think just a personal opinion, the most annoying ones to me are when people talk to you while they're screaming so there's a difference between just going ah and then going come on yeah baby that's where it is da, da, da. those ones drive me nuts we <laughs> <laughs> will do that on purpose and just you know most obnoxious screaming wow. what's your what's your go-to what's your go-to oh mine is just the the normal battle cry the 
oh my god i'm so glad this bout is done i'm just gonna scream my head off kind of a thing okay <laughs> love it so, nice who who has the best one on the team hmm. i think sometimes the best screams are no screams and i've definitely seen our uh, our sophomore teddy lombardo he's an empire fencer at this is also kind of a jerk move, but also I love it. Instead of screaming, you just kind of rip your mask off and then you point right at somebody. Yeah, one from NCAAs where he just rips his mask off and then sticks his tongue out and goes like, ah. So that, stuff yes. like that, I think is. There Very is a whole true. world that we just dove into right now. Yes. Uh, yeah. Fencing culture. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. Also, <laughs> one last thing. I know this is last thing. This is Michael this year. Uh, I don't know if you know this. When we swept for the third season, or the third season, for the third week in a row, he um, bought us a, a real sweet. Yeah. <laughs> And he brought it down to practice. It was so cute. And I think you guys signed it all. Yeah. Um, he bought you a real what? Like, what is, what's that called? A broom? A broom? I thought it was like a fencing thing or something. I'm like, he bought, what is this broom? Oh, no. A broom. <laughs> he bought us a broom. I just call it a sweep. Yes. Same thing. <laughs> And I watched him like bring it into his office, and it was like the longest thing. I, and I, in my head, I'm like, "What weapon is that?" I don't know, like <laughs> how long. It's so long, but it was a broom. Yeah, to our team for sweeping. Nice. Was it like a Columbia branded broom, or was it just no, a just a? But he signed it, or the team signed it, or he signed the it. Team signed it. it oh. Can I throw Mike under the bus, even though he's probably gonna kill me for saying that? Yes. Yes. Please, please do. <laughs> He, he let us know, like, hey, the broom is in the fencing room. It's for the women's basketball team. Everyone sign it. It's going to be really nice. And then we got <laughs> we got this email from Mike, I think just captain, saying, like, don't worry. I fixed it. Ha ha. And we realized he spelled believe wrong on the first iteration. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I love Mike. But he's notorious for his email typos or, like, things <laughs> that he'll write. And that was the icing on the cake. Just don't believe wrong. So then he colored it in and then wrote a fancy believe with like spelled <laughs> correctly. I have to zoom in on the picture. <laughs> Where is the broom? Who has the broom, Ro? Uh, it's in Coach G's office. No, oh, yeah. locked up for a while. Just out in New York. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that about wraps it up. Yeah, Unless we got, got any yeah, sixth yeah. last question. All right. <laughs> Well, Gigi, we really appreciate you coming on. Uh, this was this turned out to be a lot of fun, so I'm really glad. A lot yeah, of good stories. Um, you sound really surprised by that. I didn't mean to sound surprised. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, and then we took it up to a whole new level. At the, there we go. The last like, five or ten minutes. <laughs> I think that about wraps it up. Yeah, unless we got, got any yeah, sixth last question. All right. <laughs> Well, Gigi, we really appreciate you coming on. Uh, this was this turned out to be a lot of fun, so I'm really glad. A lot yeah, of good stories. Um, you sound really surprised by that. I didn't mean to sound surprised. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, and then we took it up to a whole new level. At the, there we go. The last like, five <laughs> to ten minutes. <laughs> um, 
But again, we appreciate you coming on. We hope you stay safe. We hope your family stays safe. We hope the fencing team is doing well. Um, well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Hope you guys and your families are staying safe as well. That's a wrap. <laughs> That's a wrap. Yeah. <laughs> you wrapped it for us.